1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Before we get started with this episode, we just need to throw out a little message. We were not intending on making this podcast episode for the second week, the week after our launch, Um, but here we are with episode four because, quite frankly, a couple weeks ago, teaching as we know it and the world as we know it stopped and has started to become something else.
0: We keep talking about this in my house about the idea that we as a nation have faced a lot of disaster, but we've never really faced anything genuinely together. And so we're in this very unique situation as educators where we're not just helping the people who are affected, we are all the affected and all trying to help each other. So we want just to take one episode. We will not come back to this because I know it's going to be overkill. Just one episode to check in with everybody and just kind of reflect a little bit on what we've learned about ourselves, about our students, and just some of the best advice that we've heard and can share from our experience so far.
1: All right, let's jump into it. Okay everybody. So like we said, this is an unplanned, not unplanned, but it was just not foreseen, right? Because as of this moment when we are recording episode 4 of season 1, we have been on quarantine, social isolation, whatever you are calling it in California. We're on a stay-at-home order at this moment. Um at the end of March and we've been doing this for about 2 weeks. This is also 2 weeks before this episode is going to air. So my hope is that things have gotten better by the time that you all are listening to this, uh, that they have changed or that something is on an upswing. But right now we are just getting into the throes of figuring out this whole e-learning thing and how to navigate it, how to
0: do best by our students and by ourselves and not go crazy in the process. And we absolutely don't have all the answers, but we certainly have experiences that we'd like to share with you. And I hope that you guys will join us um, either down on our blog post. We'll have a blog post that goes along with this episode over on com. Um, we always are looking to talk to you guys also on Instagram. So to keep the conversation going, don't forget, you can always reach us there. Um, and today, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of three things, because I think this conversation can spiral. I mean, I've already had this conversation with other people, and it does spiral. So we're going to try to stick to three big concepts here one being what we've learned about ourselves as people as teachers Um, the second being what we've learned about our students and finally just some best advice some best practices things that we've encountered people we've talked to and ideas to take moving forward so Marie why don't you start us off what okay. have you learned about yourself?
1: What have I learned about myself? Well, first of all, I should just say that I'm in an interesting situation because I have two small kids, as I'm sure I have mentioned before. Um, my son is six my, and in first grade and my daughter is three and in preschool. I am a high school English teacher full time and my husband is a high school social science teacher full time. So we're in this weird education bubble where at this like we're all home at the same time which isn't uncommon right because we're both teachers and we're normally home during the summer but it's not summer and we're supposed to be at work and the kids are supposed to be at school so like with everybody home all at the same time and I know that's the experience of so many people but not everybody has both people in their household being teachers or like if you're you know not married or your partner you're not living with somebody maybe you have roommates whatever like it's not always that everybody's an educator and therefore going through all the same things. So I've got kind of an an interesting situation in that way because my husband is responsible to his school and his students. I am responsible to my school and my students, and we have two kids, one of whom is still potty training. Right, so it's like <laughs> it's cluster. Um, I have learned about myself that I need a schedule, and like it's not. This isn't shocking information. This is information I've always known, but oh my gosh, I need a schedule, like. I need something. I need to know what's coming next. That first week that we were all home and like news was coming. I mean, the news is still coming left and right, but like always finding out all these crazy numbers about coronavirus, this and school closures, that and stay at home, shelter in place, yada, yada. Like it was so much for my little brain to take. And if I didn't know what was going to be happening in the next 15 minutes, in the next hour, um, I was like starting to lose it a little bit. And I am a person who I can be prone to depression. So that's kind of like my disclaimer there. I have to do certain things around certain times every single day. Um, Otherwise, the days blurring into each other was getting to be too much for me. And I could feel myself starting to get like weepy and sad and unable to like, not unable to overcome it, but, and then I put a schedule in a place and it's not stringent. Like it's not every single day, the exact same thing, but it's at least routines that are coming and it's a new normal. Um, And it was like a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, I think I can actually do this.
0: I think that's a lot of how I bet our kids are feeling. If you guys caught, uh, we dropped a couple episodes, a little little mini-sode last week about this issue and about how we really wanted to help our students do the same thing because they really, I don't think even know how much they rely on schedule. So I think you're right, Marie. And I have kind of, I haven't really stuck to one, but I'm I'm finding my routine as we go. Um, For me, my situation is, somewhat similar to yours. Um, my husband and I also have two small kids. Mine are a little smaller than Marie's. Uh, mine are two and one. So no one's in school. No one knows how to use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) They're both in diapers. That is a very different hands-on situation. I know it. (laughs) It is very different and it is very stressful. Um, and I keep finding myself like, wishing I had a different scenario and then thinking like, Oh, if only this, or if only that, or if only this, or if only that, and then it's like, okay, stop playing that game because everyone's hard is hard, no matter how hard it is.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's a recipe for disaster. Cause I started finding myself doing the same thing too. Like, you know, if only I could help the kids really get used to this schedule. And I'm like, no, I'm going to set the tone. Like I stop if onlying, right? No, I was doing the exact same thing as you.
0: it's rough and I think that that was part of why and I tried to have a schedule right away from the beginning and then it was really hard to have that when I found myself wanting something else but I'd say really what I think I've learned about myself or I've confirmed a couple things about myself along the along the way um but I have definitely confirmed the fact that like in a crisis I definitely rise to the occasion because I feel like as soon as this hit like it was the day I remember Friday the day we left I had talked to my first and second hour and said listen guys like People in other states are, you know, there's closing schools. I, I think this is inevitable here. This is like literally hours before it happened. Right. And I just, I kind of just answered questions the whole morning and then boom, you know, like two o'clock happened, the news hit and like, and I just went into like, like crisis mode coordinator. Like I was like all about it. I was like, we're going to do this, this, boom, boom. Like I had everything laid out. I was super connected. I was ready. I took care of everyone. And then... I crashed, right? Like I was able to hold it together and take care of everyone for, for a long time. And then when I crashed, I really crashed. And so that's what I learned about myself is that I need to maybe not push as hard as I think I can, because then maybe the crash won't be so devastating.
1: Such a burnout. Um, I did the same thing. I mean, there's a reason that you and I are friends, right? Like I, mean, but- I didn't really, here's the funny thing is I didn't go into crisis mode for my, stu- well, I was with my students. I was with one of my classes of seniors when it was like, and the district directly adjacent to us is closing. Five minutes later, email comes out from our superintendent and we're going to be closed for, at that time it was three weeks. And I was with these sweet little seniors who their first thing that they, well, a few of them started celebrating and then five minutes later it started to sink in. They were like, are we going to have prom? Are we going to have, so like a graduation. And so like those were questions, obviously, I still don't even know the answers to exactly. Um, So I went into kind of like that, like mothering, like taking care mode, but I didn't start making plans. I started making plans for my own kids and for like homeschool. And like, I was like a crazy Pinterest, just scouring like as many different things as I could find. And I printed so, I went through so many ink cartridges. It was wasteful, but not wasteful because now I have it all. Um, And then- I like dove into that and I like put off feeling for a little while. Yeah. This is what it sounds like you did. Exactly. And what I, did. I crashed and I was sad. And then I had to like pick it back up because I had this great schedule for my kids, but it wasn't like doable for me. Yeah. Because I didn't give myself any breaks. So we um, learned yet again that we yes. put ourselves last. Uh, wah, 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 the plight mm. of a teacher, except I that wonder
0: if anyone listening can relate to that.
1: <laughs> I would put money on. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, one other
1: thing actually that I have learned about myself is that um, I have to work out every day if I want to sleep at all. My anxiety really? takes up. Yes. It takes over my brain. And no matter how dead tired I am from doing cognitive work all day long, if I haven't physically exhausted myself, I won't sleep. Wow. I have to like get the tank to empty.
0: I feel like I'm kind of, I don't necessarily need like a workout, but I definitely am craving fresh air more than before. Sure. Fresh air has been, that's been my, my big need, which I didn't realize I needed so badly.
1: Yeah. Well, you're also in snow, which I could be like, I can Dude, imagine. Dude, this
0: makes me hate living in Chicago even more. I just, I'm sorry. Ugh. I won't push I know What I you. love lives here. What a bunch of idiots. Ugh. <laughs> what were you thinking? The Midwest is terrible. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Southern California is expensive, so there's that. Hey, let's get on our next question.
1: Amanda, okay. what have you learned um, at least this far in the process? What have you learned about your students?
0: You know, so I got to tell you the short version of this story, but um, – <laughs> I'm still transitioning to a new school. So I have been, to be really honest with you guys, been watching a lot of like social media posts and like reading things online about teachers who are like crying devastated because they miss their students. And I'm like, man, like I don't feel that way. And I've been feeling really bad that I don't feel devastated to miss my students, but I'm still kind of like getting to know my school and getting to know my kids. I miss them and I miss work. Um, and I've learned through this that they actually do care more about me and um, miss me more than I thought. I mean, I just, I just still feel new and unknown in the building. Just, and I know that, I'm, and I think my perspective is so off because when you're in a school for 10 years and like you've gone over to people's houses for dinner and you've been invited to quinceaneras and like you are literally one with the school and then you're ripped out of that and you start over... I just still feel distant from my kids even though I know I'm not. So this has just been a we've actually bonded a lot more than I expected. No, that not makes a of that, lot of se- that makes
1: a lot of sense though. Well, and I mean tack on to that too having two babies in as many years truth does not make you feel very rooted in work or, you know, like it's, that's an absolute, like the weird time of my life. Yeah. It's big life changes too. So no, I I get that. I totally get that. Like I'm on the other side of things. This is, I've been at my school for over a decade and this is like, I'm a lifer. I'm going to be there forever. Um, and so I miss it. It's funny though because like, you know, summer, like you're 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 gone for a couple months during the summer except I'm not gone for a couple months during the summer. I'm gone for like 3 weeks and then I like start going back to my classroom and doing little things. I'm that crazy person that goes back all the time during the summer because if I let that like school muscle atrophy, so to speak, um it's really hard for me to get back into it. So that's been hard for me not going back into my classroom. And like mm-hmm. doing little things and just like focusing my energy. I have to do all my lesson planning at home. Um, I, about my students, um, I don't know that I've, l- I don't know. It's interesting. I am having a lot of crickets. I'm, I'm hearing from probably 10% of my students really consistently. And I am posting daily, like a little video saying, hi, how are you? <laughs> like that kind of a yep. thing. Um, and some, like, assignments and, and, like, things to do here and there, but nothing too crazy rigorous as of recording time anyways. Um, but I am going to have to work my butt off to uh, get to and engage some of my kiddos. I'm realizing. And I, I think once I start saying things like, you have to do this, they will rise to the occasion. I think they're just kind of like, me, let's see what I don't have to do here. Um which I totally get. And I understand I I'm empathizing with my students more than I think I ever have in my entire career.
0: Well, how can you not? I mean, I've, right. I've read so many interesting things about just the way that this is we're all grieving together. And I think that the the looking at this through the lens of grief has been so fascinating to me because all of those stages are what's happening to adults. I mean, it's it's not just dis- <laughs> does not discriminate. You know, we're all oh, going yeah. through the grieving the loss of lots of things. Um, and as much as I'm trying to empathize with students, I think I'm also facing low turnout, and I'm just kind of hoping that if this is a long-term thing, that the kids kind of, they need to have a little come-to-Jesus talk with me, themselves, and (laughs) their families, because at this point, I mean, this is really, especially in high school, we're at a place where I kind of want to say to them, listen, listen, Education has always been in your hands. Now it literally, like it's really, really in your hands if you want an educated adult. And we're putting everything out there for you. We're working really hard to engage you and provide what we are here to provide. But genuinely, you guys need to do the lifting on your part if you want your education. It's not just gonna be sitting in the back of the room absorbing what's there. I've said it in probably... My gosh,
1: a dozen YouTube videos, something to the effect of I can teach until, they are, until I'm blue in the face, but I can't learn my students something, right? Like I can't learn them and what, whatever, parts of an essay, whatever, whatever. They yeah. have to engage. So you're totally right. It's, And it's so funny because I see it from a very different view with my own kids. My son is sad because he misses his friends and he misses his teacher, but he's like, I miss class time. He misses learning. He misses school because he's six and he's in first grade. And like, He has that love for learning and I know that I have a good number of students who are that way because they've said as much or I can creep on the things that I send them out like through Google Classroom and I can see what they're doing. So they do crave that, but it is a mindset shift for a lot of our older students who are used to that learned helplessness and complacency of like, meh, somebody will make me do this eventually. Yeah, I cannot go to your house nor will I because that's weird and make you do something.
0: No, I mean, yeah. and, I, and I, I guess I really wasn't planning on talking about this, but this is really on my mind is like, I, I just, I kind of want to, I want to write something to them or I want to record a video or something that says like, Hey, you know, this is so much in your hands right now.
1: Yeah. I will say the other thing, this is not so much what I've learned about my students because I still need to hear hear from them. Um, But one thing I've noticed is that I, during the summer even during breaks, like spring break or winter break, I don't worry about the choices that they're making as much as I worry about the choices that they're making right now. I worry about the things that they are putting online for other people to see. I worry about the things that they are consuming (laughs) digitally or whatnot or physically, you know, like I worry about what they are doing because idle hands make for poor choices and they can't go anywhere. Yeah. I've just noticed like I am up at night. If I haven't worked out and I'm up at night, I am worrying about the choices that they're making more than their education. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the ones and the, and the students that I know that are genuinely trying to um, keep going i 've definitely learned about them or confirmed what i what I think I already knew, which is they also crave structure totally. um, they also you know they do i think appreciate school in a whole new way, I think that they really are missing the time that they had with their friends and even just being, I think they might just miss being in a classroom because they can just sit there and hear what's going on rather than having to get up, get on their computer. And like, it's, it's a lot more work,
1: but it's way more passive. Totally. Being at school is way more passive than having to do it yourself. No, I, yeah, yeah. you're totally no. right. Let's actually, since we are kind of on this sh- String yeah. here. Let's talk about the best advice uh, that we have or that we have heard even from our e learning experience thus far.
0: So, why don't I start because I have the least amount of experience so far. Um, I guess I can say so I had experience with e learning um, like five years ago. My school, our superintendent was one of the people who introduced the law to the Illinois State Senate about e learning for. Um, whatchamacallit, snow days. So we were going to do e-learning in that case so we didn't have to add on emergency days at the end of the year because we keep having so many cold days and snow days up here that we were were over it. So I've had some practice with that, but certainly not for months at a time. Um, So that was where I first kind of learned it. And then applying it here, um, my best advice that I was giving other people was, if it's too complicated to try to flip, don't flip it. Don't just, just start over. You know, I think using the things that have been offered for free that are ready to go are a brilliant way to just like, if you don't want to do all the tech flip, don't do it. Take the things that other people have given you and use their stuff. Don't create if you're not a creator, like at least not right away, just let it be. Yeah. I would say, I would say that's something that I've
1: kind of had to, let sink in. It's like something that made sense. Like it makes sense on the surface. Like, you know what? Just go with the flow and don't make it too hard and focus on what you need to focus on. And that will be abundantly clear when things get difficult. Right? So like, don't reinvent the wheel over and over again. It's one thing to say it and it's completely another thing to do it. Um, Well,
0: and that's like, that's, and you guys just listened to episodes one, two, and three, where I clear, very clearly admitted that I love starting over and I love (laughs) reinventing. And like, but this is like not, this is like crisis mode. So like I, I've had to be very picky about what I'm going to reinvent and what I need to take from other people and take from the internet because I can't do all of it and stay sane, raise a family and do all that stuff. So like perfect example, I love everyone's pictures of their um, agenda slides and templates and all. Oh my gosh. But then I start to make my own and it's like seven hours later, I've done nothing. And so I finally, I just bought Shana's, uh, Shana's at hello teacher lady. And I was like, cool, I got my template slides and now I can make my plan for the week and assign that to kids. And that's like such a minor, stupid thing. Like who cares what your template looks like? It really doesn't matter. Um, but like that was something where I had to say, okay, not starting over, grab that so I can get the good stuff on it.
1: Oh, totally. I, um, I've started the process of flipping some things um, and I've noticed that like some things are not going to make the cut. Number one, because these things need to be done asynchronously and I cannot, I can't expect nor do I want to give that kind of stress to my students to like keep up with things. And so I have found out and I've seen a lot of people doing this and then when I start to really wrap my mind around almost like, I mean, this is gonna sound awful, but like almost giving like packet work because our students are older, right? So I don't know how well this would work with primary students. Like, I don't think that would work at all. Um, but basically giving my students a unit at a time with all of the information they could possibly need. But then I will give instruction either through a video or whatever it is that drips out daily, every other day, weekly, but just give it to them all at in advance, they can look over everything. They can work ahead if they would like to, but they will also know that I will keep supporting them along the way. But here's all of it. That's something that I saw a bunch of people doing. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want them to have it all. And then I was like, why don't I want them to have it all? Like, get over yourself, Marie. Just give them all the stuff. They're not doing anything else anyways, (laughs) but give them like a good guide of when they should be doing it so they don't feel overwhelmed.
0: That's kind of where I, I found myself too. I was like, okay, I don't really want to be giving them a daily assignment that right. they don't know what's coming next because- I also
1: the- don't want to collect a daily assignment, quote unquote God, no. collect, because I can barely keep, trace, keep track of like physical papers. Like there's a whole stack of them in my bag that I just pulled my computer out of before we started recording that like, well, truth be told, I'm probably not going to grade those. <laughs> <laughs> The world that's just, Who cares? Okay. That's for, yeah. Let's forget I said that. Um, but like then keeping things digitally figured out when it's not something I'm used to doing all the time. Like why do that to myself? Just yeah, lessen the load.
0: <laughs> no, I, that's kind of where I am. I'm going to give, and I'm trying to give kids just a, whatever, I'm trying to give, whatever I decide, I'm going to give them the same thing. I'm going to try to keep it consistent. So my goal is to give them on my slides that I have that I'm going to, I'm going to be, I I watched your story by the way today and I'm, I'm totally doing the same thing you're doing. (laughs) I'm going to give them a week's worth of activities, but I'm going to give them a daily post that kind of walks them through what they should be doing each day. So like they're hearing from me every day, but it's not a surprise what that information is going to be.
1: Yeah, it's basically they walk into your classroom, right? And they see your daily agenda, which, by the way, I have I, that's what I do, anyways. I, they know what the agenda is going to be oh. because I give them access to the slides Sunday before the week starts. And this way, they'll just have a big unit of access at a time and they'll still hear from me and they'll see my face and see my children crawling all over me while I try to record a little message and then send it out to them every morning. And it personalizes it a bit more because we're a face that they're used to, right? Yeah, I don't know. This is just hard, but...
0: It's hard, but I think a lot of the things that we've been doing before that we knew were best practice are still best practice. We're Absolutely. We're still trying to meet kids where they're at. We're still trying to take things one step at a time. We're still adapting to our students' needs and being on the fly as we always have been.
1: And we're and- prioritizing relationships and their, oh. their well-being. Like, that's honestly priority number one.
0: And it feels different doing it this way, but we've always been doing this. So I think eventually we're going to to kind of lean into the comfort of it's the same job. It just feels different.
1: Yeah. And it's not what we want to be doing. I think that's the other thing too. It's like you were saying before, the what ifs or like if onlys, the if onlys, like if only, yeah, but it's not. So let's just keep going forward. So.
0: (sighs) All right, guys. So big, deep, deep breath. breath. <laughs> big deep breath. Let's leave you here. We are so glad that you joined us today and we promise to have <laughs> a huge variety of different kinds of episodes coming your way. We are not going to spend the rest of this series talking about e-learning. Um, we've got really cool things coming up for you in the next few episodes. So we're so excited that you're here and hope you stick around and share this with somebody that you love. Absolutely. And like Amanda said earlier in this
1: episode, check out the show notes. There will be a link to a blog post with a whole bunch of information. And we'll even leave some of our favorite tools that we've been using in case you want to see it. But I am on free resource overload. So if you all are on free resource overload, then let's just, you know, join together to work smarter, not harder. You know what I mean? (sighs)
0: So I would encourage you guys, yeah, just reach out to people that you care about, keep prioritizing relationships and. We're going to get through this together and one day look back at this and think, Holy crap.
1: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Look at what we did. It'll be profound. It'll be exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Like Amanda said, we will be back next week with another episode from our previously planned <laughs> calendar of content. we're talking
0: about poetry next week, We right? are.
1: We are talking about poetry That's next week, which is favorite. Amanda's strong suit. She just finished a book, which is newly on sale, and you all should go check it out. And we cannot wait for
0: you to hear what we have to say about it next week. It's also National Poetry Month. So if you need some e-learning ideas, come talk to me. I got you. All right.
1: All right, guys, have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.